Welcome, 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 dear listeners. Once again, we're in the halls of cinematic justice as we put the world to rights and decide how things should have been done in the first place. <laughs> and anyway, well, this week, uh, I am joined, as per usual, by my compatriot, Damo. Hi, oh, Jared. How are you going? Good, good. How are you? I am excellent. Excellent is great. Yes. And um, we're, we're... Excellent is great. Excellent is great. <laughs> excellent is excellent. <laughs> excellent is excellent. Yes. I guess what, what we're do, sort of doing this week is we're doing something of a post-mortem. Yes, there's, there's a, a filmic corpse to be picked over, and that is the Academy Awards, which I don't think we've reconvened since they we actually, haven't had the opportunity, have we? No, and since they sort of happened to the world, um, mm. it's kind of it's been a it's it's been an interesting period. I have to say, probably the most surprising Oscars I think I've seen. Um, I I like now that you can see it live on the telly because I was at work and so just had it on the monitor in the background and you can just. It, you can give the attention that you, you know, in and out, in mm. and out, and someone comes on and does a yeah. gab fest. Because there was a few people, a few of the awards I wanted to see who won mm. so that I could, you know, um, um, Joker, what's his name? Uh, uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. I was so hoping he'd win because mm. I wanted to hear what he had to say. Mm. He had quite a good speech. It was very He was very reserved too. I yes. could see the tension and the nerves in him. Mm. But everything I think he said was pretty... Well, he's, Correct. you know, being being a, a vegan activist, I yep. think everything he said uh, in his speech was very heartfelt. Um, mm. And that's probably why he was so nervous. I, I think he was speaking from the heart, whether or not you agree with his politics. Um, I, I kind of dig that he... Um, but how do you think, is the Oscars the forum for it? Oh, look, it, it always is. Oscars is not the forum for any of that no. shit. But it is. As we <laughs> discussed make after the uh, Golden Globes when Ricky Gervais said, you know, gra- grab your award and then fuck off. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that I think uh, Ricky Gervais should host every award yeah, ceremony. it's always fun. And uh, I, I, do, uh, it, 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 I do think that he essentially just gave voice to what most people, what the average punter thinks I was gonna say, about people at home go, yep, yep, correct. Yep, they all go, and, and everyone is clutching their pearls in the Dolby <laughs> Theatre going, oh, my God. How could he have said that about a sacred ceremony? <laughs> it's strange because if uh, architects convened at an awards ceremony, which they decided to televise and got up and accepted awards on their designs, telling everyone how architecture is changing the world. And, and become a vegan. And become, you know, <laughs> people would just sit there going, what? Yeah. It really is but so what, strange. What life lessons have they got that we don't have? Yeah, exactly. I don't. If know. anything, they're more out of touch. And I think that is what Ricky Gervais was trying to get across. And yeah, uh, yeah I think he, he definitely annoyed quite a few people. I think. And, in, and you know, I'm all for annoyance. Annoy them. <laughs> I think he, you know, he's got a, got a, a, a very straightforward and very uh, slightly caustic view of award ceremonies. And I did like the cavalier kind of, well, I'm getting paid for this and this is the last time I'm doing it. I don't care what anyone says. But uh, well, he doesn't do it for the money, though, does he? Because no, I he, think he's all right. He doesn't do it for the cash. He doesn't need it. I mean, no. he's, he's worth like 150 million or something, something but, crazy like that. Uh, he's correct. Again, correct. Mm. And, you know, he, he did actually post a couple of tweets just before the Oscars happened. And uh, there was a very amusing tweet about uh, 
Um, I hope all you people uh, was it tonight? Your your low lowly paid illegal house staff will get a will get a decent night's sleep as you spend <laughs> yeah you know, the hours hours partying here and it just again poking fun at this. Everyone's pushing for equality and uh, ranting against Trump and you know. But at the end of the day, they these are these are multimillionaires, yeah, uh, living their best lives. Loving what they do, and um, then getting up and feeling that, that they need to tell, sort of spout all this politics and and vent to just, the world. Just get up, say thank you, yeah, and then, as Ricky says, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah. The one thing we are going to talk about is when Parasite won, yeah, Best Picture, mm. but they they were playing them off. Yes, F- play them off. Yeah. The show's long. It's done. Yeah. You, you've got a thousand media outlets out the back that you can talk to <laughs> for the next. Weeks and months, yeah. end the show, and they well they did do that to alleviate. Oh yeah, the but then Tom, didn't Tom speeches, Hanks go? Right? Oh no, no, we need to listen to Little Lady. Yeah, who yeah. you know she was cute and adorable, yeah. and I thought, yeah, good. But the producer, I think, yes. Get on with the show. I understand expedience. I thought it was quite sweet that they were like, nah, give them their chance in the sun. I think for probably the bigger awards, there's more room for allowing them to talk. Yep. Particularly, what yep. there was like thirty people up on stage. There was, it was massive. Yeah. The whole, yeah, all the cast and producers were there. Well, thank um, God we didn't hear from all of them. No, it would have taken up the whole evening. I did think it was a, a bit of a joke that mm. none of them were nominated for any acting awards. They they did win a SAG award, an ensemble award mm-hmm. at at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, but. Um, but Again, that's the thing with the Oscars. It's kind of like it, it's the one that got through. Um, I don't think we're going to see a run of uh, multicultural nominations uh, sort of winning at the Oscars. You may see foreign films nominated for Best Picture, but I don't think we're going to see... Uh, I was I was surprised that it won Best International Picture and Best Picture. Yeah. Because one or the other, I don't know, if you've, you've won Best International Picture, that's mm. kind of Best Picture. Yeah. But just in a slightly different category. Yeah. So give another film best picture mm. so that they can capitalize potentially on an Oscar. Because mm. an Oscar is going to mean that your film plays for longer at the cinema. Yep. Like Jojo Rabbit will hang out at the cinema for longer now, I have no it doubt. It will. And Parasite's made uh, over $50 million domestically in the US, which is crazy yeah. for a, a South Korean film. When, when, when I was at work and we were, you know, they, they won the, the, the Oscar People are like, have you seen it? Knowing that I've watched movies. Like, yeah. Yes, and you should. Yep. Because we rate it quite highly, you and I. I, I think it is a brilliant film. Um, it's it kind takes of, you on a ride. It takes you on a ride. It works on a number of levels as a as a, a genre pick. It's it, it sort of, he look, he's famous for fusing his genres. Yeah. He, he knows how to sort of, he really does start with a palette. He just mixes. It just mixes it up and makes it work. And it usually they're family centric. And uh, well, this one was good too because it starts off quite humorously. So it does yeah. suck you in. It is really funny. Like there were some really funny sequences. Twist the father, them. especially yeah. yes. the dad, is hilarious. Yeah, um, all those subtle little things, <clears throat> little conversation pieces that yep. like they come back a bit later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very clever. And it's it's extremely clever. That that and this is the thing. Everyone's kind of. I think the average punter's reaction to it is 
um, and to, and not to Parasite, the reaction to the win, mm-hmm. if they haven't seen the film, mm-hmm. is very much like, why all this fuss? It's just a, what, what, why is this film being fussed over? I know people that have seen the film and people that I would just consider film fans, just regular people that yep. are not big, not big film nerds, but they like to go to the movies and they see it and they love it. Yeah. So it's got a, a universal appeal. Um, and I think that's something that's contributed to why well, compared to because uh okja right yeah i hated that <laughs> i loved i actually quite loved that i thought it was crazy but that's yeah, why but I it was it. crazy but it was full of like jake gyllenhaal he is nuts in that film i don't know it didn't sit comfortably with me whereas parasite you run through this this roller coaster of genre and and emotion mm. from humorous to dark to oh my god they're a bit violent there towards the other end. Yeah, look, the I, I would say that if you have not ever considered uh, sort of vegetarianism <laughs> before you watch Okja, you certainly will after. Mm-hmm. And it made me think. Okay, I found it really moving. I did want one of those creatures. Yes, because it uh, it's about a well. In, 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 if you want the sort of capsule review. Um, it's a sort of big, big evil corporation because let's face it, they're all freaking evil. All of and, them. And um, they create this sort of genetically superior, what they call a super pig. And it's like a cross between a, a hippopotamus and uh, a cow, really. It's kind of got that sort of cow temperament mm. or a pig temperament, very sort of chilled. And uh, it's there's, they place these animals on different farms in different countries as kind of a PR stunt. Um and then they're going to actually harvest their meat, and this animal is befriended by a young girl on the fa- on a farm. And, I wonder what it tastes like. And the, yeah, yeah, it probably all tastes. It tastes like chicken. Yeah. Right? The Matrix is to be believed. It all tastes <laughs> like chicken. And they then come for the animals and start to sort of bring them back mm. to be slaughtered. And the little girl decides that uh, she's going to rescue her friend. I found it incredibly sweet at times but yeah it is batshit crazy whenever Jake Gyllenhaal shows up and does his teeth and hair kind of thing but overall I really dug it and Stephen Young's in it of course from uh, Walking Dead who's the lady oh Tilda Swinton I don't know what it is whenever she appears in a Bong Joon-ho film uh, she was in Snowpiercer as well she seems to love whacking something in her teeth and making her teeth look just like she smokes 50 packs of cigarettes cigarettes a day yeah, look, Ocha's great. I think if anyone hasn't really seen any of his films except for like Parasite, um, I would recommend Mother. I'd recommend Memories of Murder. Memories of Murder is a very interesting film. I've got to ch- I've got to seek him out. I think I've only seen yeah. uh, three. Look, I think South Korean films are kind of a little unexploited kind of treasure yeah. for U.S. Distributors, if they want to say, hey, check this out. One thing to understand is South Korean films are essentially they've got like a government sponsored film industry. And there's a quota, much like in China, but mm-hmm. there's a quota, but, but you know, not, not a freaking authoritarian uh, sort of uh, government saying you, you must have only this many Western films are going to be released. That's China. No, in, in South Korea, it's there has to be a certain number of South Korean films exhibited in the multiplexes alongside. American films and the and what ends up happening is why don't we have that yeah exactly because our government is shit and because mm-hmm. our government doesn't value the arts and because our government thinks other things are more important like gouging out See, but that is the thing that I've said to somebody before history is made up of you know art is important because uh, culture is defined by the art and, yes. and yep. then it leaves behind 
Picture Show Man. Yes. And and the the, the Lazenby Man from Hong Kong. All yes. shot on location and if you don't make them you're not gonna you're not That's gonna right. document it. Yep. And there's gonna be a whole generation of Australian kids, maybe even two generations, that grow up not really watching that many Aussie films. Which is a shame because we do shame. we do good film. Aussie comedy on television, we do great. Mm. There's a lot of great Aussie comedy that I can think of, like television shows. Um, and every now and then you get an Aussie film that sort of peeks through and it, and it is terrific. Um, and I can think of a few Aussie films I've seen lately that I, I quite enjoyed. I really like Nightingale, um, Jennifer Kent's follow-up to Babadook. That is a heavy-duty film, and yep. I wouldn't recommend it for a sort of uh, quiet night out or as, you know, sitting on the couch with a glass of wine listening to jazz. Oh, I think I'll put on... The Nightingale. It's a brutal tale of Australia's uh, dark past. You know, it's Tasmania. It's the early 1800s. Uh, penal colonies. Uh-huh. English soldiers. It's brutal. It's dark. Realistic. It, realistic. Well, that's a, that's always the thing that watch when I watch a time period piece where you watch it and just go, how do people live yeah. back then? It would have been everything was hard. Yes. <laughs> It's just like, I want a glass of water. Laundry. What a glass of water. Well, that's four days. Four days of walking through a desert to a well, and then you can have your glass of dirty water with insects in it. I really enjoyed the proposition for that. And it was sweaty. And it's the one with uh, Ray Winston. He's uh, doing it. He's in Australia. And, Ray uh, Winston. Ray Winston. He's awesome, but he cannot do accents to save his life. But in the proposition, he's terrific. Uh, you got John Hurt, Guy Pierce, written by Nick Cave. I mean, what else do you want? Mm. John Hilkett, the director, is one of my favorite uh, Aussie directors. He's one, I don't think we've talked about John Hilkett um, nope. before. His first film was uh, Ghost of the Civil Dead with Nick Cave. It's on my list of favorite Australian films. Yeah. It's here. Ghost it's of here. the Civil Dead. Dude. You want to talk about a prison film? <laughs> Dude, it's like a prison film. I loved Shawshank Redemption. No. no. Watch Ghost of the Civil Dead. Yes. You'll be staring at a wall for five hours afterwards. First time I saw it, SBS. SBS really came to the rescue, didn't it, in the sort of early yep. 90s yep. Um, when it came to giving exposure to these um, films. But again, a lot of the stuff, it's these films are, are classics now, but they were made under the climates of, if you want to call it climate, the economic and cultural climates of 10BA, yeah. the tax yeah. code, that allow companies to invest in films and they, individuals. They wanted the loss, didn't they? Yeah. They, you're basically doing it as a tax write-off. Yeah. And so so many features came out of that. A lot of crap came out of that, but a lot of great stuff as well. And there's some good crap. And there's some good crap. And then, of course, you've got the other side of things, which is the um, stuff made under the, uh, well, what is now Screen Australia. But, uh, you know, the the AFC and uh, the Film Commission and the government-sponsored film production, and it does not have that kind of involvement now. And that's why it's that much harder to make stuff. And so creators have to make deals with streaming platforms and whatever, you know, whatever means they can use to get their film made. It's a lot scrappier out there now, I think. It's a lot more fragmented. And when you have a government that is interested in sponsoring the arts and sponsoring filmmaking, um, in South Korea, what you get is... A lot of sort of art, but it's also geared towards an audience. And why isn't our government? Because, you know, I know we need to spend another billion dollars on some shitty old submarines <laughs> that don't fucking work. 
got oh, some friends on Facebook that say, you know, we need to stop foreign aid mm. so that we can do this, this, and this. And so it doesn't need to be one or the other. No, it's so binary. If we can yes. spend this on that, then a, a drop in the ocean and the arts, here you go. Yep. Here's a... Here's a billion dollars to last you the next couple of years. Make some shit. Yeah. Oh, if they're going to spend, what was it, like 11 billion or something? On, oh, on, I just on saw a, a crazy hardware. number on news it's, earlier. It is crazy. And you just think if they're going to drop, if we're talking billions, yeah. when you're talking about defense yeah. and uh, national security, and uh, and I'm sure, I'm not saying it's not important. Oh, no, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's important. But if you, it, you can certainly discuss amounts like, 20 to 50 million yeah. for a film commission yeah. to then say, give grants out. Yeah. It is kind of nuts that that is not happening. And so when you're looking at South Korean film, South Korean film is like a garden that's been tended for a couple of decades now. And they have what they grow there is very much geared towards Western sensibilities yep. in the yep. style and tone and the way they play. And uh, that's it differs to, to like Japanese cinema or Chinese cinema or Hong Kong cinema. Yep. It feels different. They're a lot more Americanized for obvious reasons because America basically coexisted, if you want to call it that, culturally there and infected, if you want to say, <laughs> infected, that, yeah, infected right. the yep. culture yep. and, you know, the food. Um, it's funny to me when I think about countries where there has been a military presence by the US. There's always this kind of fascination with spam in the in yes. the cuisine, uh, Vietnam especially. Not Sorry. that I've got anything against spam. In fact, if you dice it and fry it before you put it in fried rice, it's quite tasty as a little chunk of uh, spiced ham. Welcome to Jared's cooking yep. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone from some dizzying heights of brilliant films now, and, and, and I'm not saying that good stuff's not being made, Yes, but it should be helped along. Yeah, and, and this is what it is. It's this about, is my tax dollars. It's about fostering. Yeah. I really encourage people, if you are listening to this and you haven't you've checked out South Korean film, then get your head into but I, uh, Park Chan-wook. Um, that is uh, pa uh, The Handmaiden. That was a 2016 film, a terrific film, if you've not seen that. I Saw the Devil kind of blew my mind when I first saw it, and that's definitely worth checking out. 2010, the director's Kim Ji-woon. It's a quest for uh, for revenge when mm -hmm. this dude's fiancé is murdered. And it, oh, I, I, I suggest everyone terrific. seek out some foreign cinema to, to broaden your... You know what? If, if um, you know... If anything comes of that Oscar Best Picture win, it's that idea that oh okay, I'll give a foreign film a go. Oh okay, oh, it's, I know uh, some people for an Oscar. It might be good. struggle with subtitles and uh, yeah. Did, did you hear Donald Trump attacked the Oscars on Twitter? By the way, how bad were the Academy Awards this year? And he said the winner is. I'm not going to do his accent anymore because um, well, you did so well. Yeah. <clears throat> And the winner is a movie <laughs> from South Korea. What the hell was that all about? No, you... We got enough problems with South Korea on trade. On top of it, they give it the best movie of the year. Always oh, a pelican. He goes, "Let's get Gone with the Wind." Can we get Gone with the Wind back, please? Yeah, but that's got a British producer at the helm. <laughs> they said that, that they, was the best. Is that British? No, he was American. And he goes, "Sunset Sorry. Boulevard." So many movies. What and the it's fuck like, is he year? What? Is it decade? Is he living oh, in? Oh, he's an idiot. But and then he <laughs> pretended to be an Oscar presenter, and he said the winner is from South Korea. And he goes, and then he shrugs, and he's at a rally. So picture it at a oh, rally. Yeah. All, the got all, these, all the yeah. Yahoos, all the Yahoos, going woo, whooping it up and queefing their faces off or whatever. It's the a hell scary it time to be alive. Yeah, look, Queefing. it's a scary time to be alive, but. 
um, they tweet someone tweeted the clip, and then Neon, who are the distributor for Parasite, said, "Understandable, he can't read," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was the, just a sick burn. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump whinging about a foreign film winning an Oscar is probably because he can't read the subtitles because he's a knobhead. I was glad that it won. I was surprised that it won both. Yes, but I was glad it did because it deserved it. There was something um kind of kind of decadent and over the top about it. And that's what yeah. I liked. It was like it was just this embarrassment of, of awards really for Parasite. Yeah, it's a it's a great film. And that, is it the greatest film ever made? No, but the fact that it it was like a big middle finger towards to, to this sort of dridently banal and white. But you know, US I can't think of the other industry, the other know? films that were nominated against it. I have to say I pretty much enjoyed all of them. So 1917, Ford versus Ferrari. I haven't seen 1917 yet. Yeah. But Ford versus Ferrari I enjoyed. I actually really yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I'll talk about that in a sec. I yeah. actually really enjoyed it for a specific reason, but mm-hmm. I did love Chris Rock's little jibe where he said, uh, I own a Ford and I own a Ferrari. There's no contest. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And also Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is so rich, he got a divorce, and he's still the richest man in the world. But uh, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, and Marriage Story. And so that's such a mix. Those are all all great films. They're all good. Um, I really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit, but I, I, I didn't think it would get... Whether it deserved it is not the question, but I didn't think it would get it. I didn't think it would. Frankly, I think it was punching above its weight to be best picture. Mm. It is a great little film and it's sweet. I watched it again recently. It's sweet and funny and I I liked it a lot, but it is not, to me, a best picture um, The the, the second viewing I had, I was the, the kid... He is quite amazing. He is terrific. And he's a little friend. He's a little yeah. best mate. He's cute too. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it made me laugh quite yeah. a bit, his little, his little round glass. Because Taika won for best He won for screenplay? best adapted screenplay yeah. and Parasite won for best original. Right. Um, I, I think, look, 1917, I liked a lot. Is it the greatest war I film ever made? Yeah, I've got no, to say. No, it's not. We all know that that's Paths of Glory. Sam Mendes. Um, Sam Mendes. Yeah. Um, Paths of Glory, best war film. That's kind of my, that's kind of my button pushy go to sort of jibe. I am a huge Kubrick fan, and it's, I do, it's not I Pearl Harbor. I do. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Pearl Harbor is a cinematic turd dumped into the laps of audiences, and then I, I don't. Do I should rate I, it? Should I not tell you how many times I've viewed it then? <laughs> am I am I losing cred here? <laughs> Did I have I, any? I just had a coughing fit, <laughs> brought on by the shock of that statement. I um, bought it on Blu-ray for six dollars, six dollars ninety-eight. That was a bargain. It had, I will say this, it had a good cast. Yeah, it has quite a, a lot of pretty good actors in it. Like even in the sort of supporting cast, and Michael Bay. At that time, I think he had a lot of kudos because I liked Bad Boys. Um, I love The Rock. I think The I Rock. Think the Rock I is think fun. The Rock is the best thing he's done. Yeah, it, it's, it's Nicholas Cage, but I it, yeah, it's Nicholas Cage doing. Um, I'll avoid my rule for that film. Yeah, it's Nicholas Cage being crazy. Nicholas Cage, but. Sean Connery. Yeah, I mean, he's great. Yeah, what he's else great. do you want to say? We well, think they're driving down that street in that yellow 
Humvee, Humvee. yes, yeah. and he's in the Ferrari. Yeah, it's oh, great. And, that's yeah, that's sequence. a terrific. Or is it a Lambo? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, look, fun. there's something about um, how over the top and silly it is and how it kind of knows it. Um, but Pearl Harbor's a love story. This is what I say to a friend. Of <laughs> it's a love story, Ryan. It's a love story between, is it Ben Affleck? And then he tells me to fuck off. <laughs> I think he thinks I'm mad. Look, I, I, I don't, I would not say that Pearl Harbor is a, like a massively terrible film. I wasn't like wincing. It's just too jingoistic. And what, what repels me from films like that is mm. jingoistic. Um, rah, rah. God bless America. <laughs> And so how, how did you go with the Mills and Boone um, midway? Because I thought yeah. it was, that's Mills and Boone. Yeah. I, yeah everyone's yeah. beautiful and Everyone's beautiful and, and everything looks so painterly. It's it was not realistic at all. It felt like it was shot in a like a green screen warehouse. Yeah. It yeah, didn't feel like it. Very had, shiny. It was weird. It would have, this is the problem with those sorts of films. They would benefit from having a bit of grit of reality to them. Mm -hmm. And then you would kind of buy the story more. But that's how I felt with Joker because Joker was gritty and real. That was, yeah, I don't think it gets much more gritty and real. We have talked about what the original ending was for that. I can't remember. Well, Kevin Smith. Oh, well, spoilers for everything. So just assume yeah, as soon no, as we just, start talking we're about spoil something, everything. We'll, we'll probably spoil it. Yeah. Um, Joker. Uh, Kevin Smith said that uh, on his podcast that he had spoken to a friend of his, quote unquote, that is someone who would know. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said the an original draft had Arthur being arrested uh, at the conclusion after he, he's uh, killed and he's in the cop car and he's taken back and he's put in, in the white room. And he recalls earlier in the night, Bruce Wayne's parents walking out of the, up, up the alleyway. We see them getting shot and then it cuts to the reverse and you see it's Arthur shooting them. And he sort of shrugs indifferently and smart laughs and smiles and then walks away. Then there's the familiar Bruce Wayne young boy on his knees, the 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 scattered pearls, and right at the last second, Arthur turns around, points the gun at Bruce, and shoots him. Oh! And I thought that is how you end a Joker film, and it's if you want to sort of really push the barrow of. This is a sta- a standalone film. We're not going to make sequels. Then go for it. You know, like have a universe where Batman is dead. That is interesting. Well, to if me. if it's Ben Affleck Batman, then sure. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, he uh, he actually um, did a bit of an interview uh, recently and uh, discussed leaving the Batman and uh, because. He's finally revealed the, basically the reasons why he left the Batman. And there's an interview. Because in, was, he was kicked. Well, it, over it, 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 there was an interview in New York Times. Yeah. Um, and he t- talked about the quote unquote troubled shoot on Justice League. <clears throat> and it prompted him to abandon the role of Bruce Wayne. He said, I showed somebody the Batman script. And they said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Yeah. Um, and Affleck said he drank relatively normally, but then things got out of control. And so um, his alcoholism essentially contributed to his marriage falling apart, yeah. which is, I kind of feel for the guy. He yeah. does say it's one of the great regrets of his life, his divorce um, from Jennifer Garner. So, uh, And well, alcoholism is a it's tough, not, yeah, that's a a tough nasty, thing. Yep. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I have to admit, I have to admit, I do have a soft spot 
for Ben Affleck. I do. Goodwill Hunting. Ever do. since Goodwill Hunting, those both of them. Yeah, I know it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but Goodwill Hunting is a good yeah. film, and they have been good in a lot of things. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind him as Batman. What I hated about those films was their unrelenting, unrelentingly bleak tone. We're still freaking paying for Christopher Nolan's gritty, dark Batman trilogy, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I don't want to see any of that shit anymore. What I want to see is a, a, a superhero film. Well, not necessarily a superhero film. I, if it's a Batman movie or a Superman movie, I want to be able to take my kids to see it. Yeah. I don't want it to be so freaking violent that... I have to kind of go. Oh wow! Did okay, you watch the eighteen-hour version? It felt like fucking eighteen <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, was that the um, super I, duper cut? I don't I know. Watch the Batman versus Superman Ultimate. Maybe cut. that's what I'm gibbering about because I, I put wasn't too bad because it's oh, I didn't. But it's, but it's also still bangs you over the head the oh, whole yeah. way. It's loud and yeah, annoying. Yeah. My nephew okay, gave yeah. up. Yeah. Look, and he's the age that would be into it totally. It, you you can actually polish a turd. Uh, Pearl Harbor's evidence of that. Come on, but, it's a love story. <laughs> it's a love story. But I don't, yeah, I, I think there's something inherently flawed in what Zack Snyder was trying to do with those DC characters. Am I right in thinking he's 300? He's 300. I hated that shit too. <laughs> See, I didn't mind 300. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, if every, like if, novel, if that movie, if novel. 300, if those slow-mo shots were played in real time, yes. I would have been out in 25 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I wish the Batman franchise all the best, but uh, I think Zack Snyder, although, I've, I look, I have to say, I'm kind of looking forward to his, his uh, zombie film he's doing for Netflix. Do you know about this? No, but that sounds fine. It does sound pretty good. And look, Day, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, was probably the last good film he did. But, and, uh, but we, I've yeah. been disappointed with the zombie film recently with old mate, um, it's got Bill Murray in it. Um, the, the Dead Don't Die. That. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. That it's a zombie film by Jim Jarmusch. That's kind of all you have to know. I mean, it's it's he forces the genres to conform to his style. It does it doesn't sort of work. I usually the other way like around. his and I didn't dislike it. It yeah. was very technically competent and it just not much happens and it's uh, you of, get but the bit where they're self like they're referencing Jim gave Bill the script and wanky bullshit like that, that takes you out of the fucking movie and you end yeah. up I just sat there going this could have been gold. Yeah, it wasn't. And it, wasn't. It, it was absolutely not his best film. I still no. liked it, but it's just I was disappointed. Well, Robert Pattinson, R. Pats, has now taken over the title <laughs> role of the <laughs> Batman. I think we said that before, and because he's Twilight douchebag, and uh, <laughs> he's actually a pretty good little actor. Okay. Pretty good little actor. I'll just be. I'll be more condescending. He's actually quite a nice <laughs> little dude. He's a lovely fella. Well, you're better, you're better than me calling him a douchebag. No, I actually quite like. I think I'm uh, calling the role that he played. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. Yes. Let's say that. One so of my favorite, my favorite memes ever has uh, a, tw- a shot from Twilight, and it's uh, Kristen Stewart and uh, Robert Pattinson sitting together, getting they're sort of canoodling, and in the background, Wesley Snipes as Blade, and I'm just <laughs> standing there with swords, and I. It, uh, it was my desktop for a long time, and I couldn't stop giggling every time I saw that photo. So I've been watching um, Altered Carbon season two. It's uh, set in a future where where uh, you can change bodies, and that your consciousness is downloaded onto a disc-like vertebra, 
in your spine. And you can remove that and place it in any kind of body you want. And Can it, I be a dog? Oh, yeah. I, th I think you probably could. That'd be awesome. Actually, <clears throat> but they can transmit your consciousness across the galaxy. So you can actually travel intergalactically. And then once you arrive at the other end, they put you in a body. It can look the same as yours if you've got the money. Oh. Uh, or it can be a new body entirely. Or it could be weaponized, militarized. Anthony Mackie, for he of... Uh, Altered uh, Carbon, you said. Altered Carbon, he oh. of uh, uh, Hurt Locker and uh, Eight Mile and also Marvel Films, played Falcon, the dude that flies with the wings. He's the lead in the new season. Um, and the previous season was Joel Kinnaman, who was in that awful Robocop reboot. He was in House of Cards. and It's a great show. It's very right. slick, very high production values, but it is but hard sci-fi. It's sci a very interesting uh, yep. premise. Like hard sci-fi, though. Be prepared for a dense story that doesn't... I have to pay attention. It does not fuck around when it comes to... You need to sit there and watch this. Put your phone down. Put your phone down and yeah, focus. Because right. the story is kind of a gumshoe, neo-noir, Blade Runner-y style. Very Blade Runner-y. Okay. Um, crossed with... We like neo-noir too. Yes. And crossed with a like sort of Matrix-y slick action. Very, Well, you're selling very, this well. That yeah, sounds good. I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay. But it is really violent. But do you... Are you really With your, your Netflix, do you sit there for 40 minutes looking through what shit to watch and then end up going to bed? Uh, <laughs> No, of course not. I, <laughs> I sit there looking for shit to watch and then my wife gets on ah, and goes to bed I because I take so long to choose. Yeah. It's it's difficult, isn't it? It's like Sometimes though, it goes, many because you liked this, you might like this. And I watch, I sit there and I'm yeah, looking at it. No, it's like, no, Netflix, no. you don't fucking know me yeah, at all. It's like, what it's, are you yeah, doing? It's like, yeah, no one yeah. else uses my account. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone walks up to you at work and says, I, I know that you love sushi, so I bought in this Polish dish for you. <laughs> Which what? It's it's so dunderheaded. Yeah. It needs a revamp. The whole uh, UI interface. It, it just it's it, clunky. Yeah. It just it needs a revamp and they need to rethink it. Especially I like to see I like a trending. I'm like, mm -hmm, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is these are the shows that That's, people are yes. all watching. I, I like but that line. But they're notoriously secretive about their, yeah. so they don't want to give anything. They don't away. want to give anything away. Have a top ten. Yep. Have a top yep. ten rated shows because I. Well, be but then they'd intrigued. be maybe disappointed that none of their Adam Sandler movies yeah, well, would end up in there. Well, <laughs> including uncut gems. Yeah. He was wrong. He wasn't fucking robbed. Anyway, I spoke to someone else today. Yesterday, they said they liked it too, and I told them they were foolish. <laughs> oh my god, he Sorry. was robbed. I just think that's one of the biggest travesties in cinema history. Adam Sandler Academy Award. I told you what would happen if that ever happened. <clears throat> well, I will. I will say he was pretty amazing, and he was recognised at the uh, Independent Spirit Awards. I do actually have his acceptance speech. It did make me chuckle. Okay. You know, a few weeks back when I was quote-unquote snubbed by the Academy, it reminded me when I briefly attended high school and was overlooked for the coveted yearbook superlative category, Best Looking. <laughs> that accolade was given to a jean jacket-wearing feather-haired douchebag by the name of Skipper Jenkins. But my classmates did honor me with the allegedly less prestigious designation of Best personality. And tonight, as I look around this room, I realize the Independent Spirit Awards are the best personality awards of Hollywood. <laughs> so, <laughs> let all those feathered-haired douchebag motherfuckers get their Oscars tomorrow night. <laughs> Their 
good looks will fade in time. <laughs> what our independent personalities will shine on forever. He's right. Oh, look, it, that that did make me chuckle quite a bit. I he is. Uh, I like him. I like his films. I enjoy his. He even back in the day he used to be on Letterman often. Yes, he's funny on that. Yeah, look. <laughs> I, I guess you know, look, Uncut Gems. It, like it's a pickle movie, right? You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. No, it's you're just get gonna a strong, hate it. It's gonna <laughs> gonna get a strong reaction. I think it is by far for me the best film that I saw this year. It rocked me when uh, I watched that. Film. I've got to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of other films I think that. Oh yeah, what, what missed out for you? Yeah, um, I think Shia LaBeouf should have been nominated for Best Actor for Honey Boy. Okay, which, I've, I've yet to see it. Uh, directed by uh, Alma Harrell in her Harrell, H A R apostrophe E L. I believe that's pronounced Harrell, um, and that, that was her f- sort of feature directorial debut. And Shia LaBeouf wrote the screenplay, and it's based on his childhood and his relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, LeBouf delivered, I think, one of his best performances playing a character that is essentially his father, but who himself is a very broken human being. Mm-hmm. And um, and LeBouf, as a side note, had quite a traumatic upbringing. He was a child actor, but his father battled alcoholism, um, numerous other addictions and psychological issues. Um, so the movie- It's a potent was, combination. It's a potent combination. Yeah. And- the writing of the script was kind of therapy for Shia LaBeouf okay. and, and, uh, by, you know, by all accounts, I think people, most people expected him to at least get nominated. Um, and it, it, that so will he get a thank you Oscar at some stage further in his career? Yeah. I think, I think he's got, he's a bit, he's kind of placed somewhere in the region of Tom Hardy at the moment where he could play those kinds of roles. Mm. He could, he could beef up and play a brute. He can, the, the aforementioned John Hilkett goes to the Civil Dead, also made Lawless. Okay. And in Lawless, uh, Shia LaBeouf actually played a relative. I believe he played a brother to um, Tom Hardy because he kind of has that vibe, right? He sort of has that look. To, and I think, I think Shia LaBeouf got, he's got a role in him that'll get him an Oscar. Shia LaBeouf, I think, got passed over. Now, in terms of like female directors, look, it was. Were they none nominated? No. <laughs> It was. Just, I wouldn't have. Done. It, it, it was no. Yeah. It was just piss weak. Yes, it, it is. It really is. was. Little Women was a great film. It was a great reworking of. A I haven't of seen it, you know, because I, I waited because I wanted to watch the '90s mm. version again. Yeah, that's actually yeah, Gillian Armstrong. Yeah, film. yeah, it's it's the '90s version's great. I think Christian Bale's in that one. Yeah, I had pointed out yeah. someone the other day. They were talking about um, what's Empire of the Sun. Yes. So. I said, you know, that's Christian Bale. And they're like, yeah. what? That, that's, that's one of my personal favorites. Um, Empire of the Sun actually means quite a lot to me as a Spielberg? film. Spielberg? Yeah. yeah. And it is interesting to me. A lot of people have forgotten that he even made it. Yeah. And that um, Christian Bale was in it. As and soon it's as like, you, really? you dial up the photos of it on movie oh, database and you, you sit and you look at that young face and you go, oh my God, it is Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. It's amazing. And he's kind of fully formed out of the, out of the box, yeah. um, out of the, the mold that they grew him in and uh, the factory he was created in. He was 3D printed. <laughs> he came out just a great actor, you know? Well, Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari, I love deeply for a lot of the 
uh, uh, sort of reasons that I, a lot of those re reasons I liked Uncut Gems, which is Uncut Gems and Ford versus Ferrari, both for me are about filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And Uncut Gems is about obsession and it's about the obsession of, uh, in, in, in Adam Sandler's case, he has this uncut uh, opal and it is completely, he is completely in its thrall. In fact, there's a sequence where you literally float inside it and it feels like you're inside a Hubble, Hubble telescope photo and you're flying through the galaxy. It's quite a trippy sequence. Oh, Gravitron and, and you want to puke. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> and, um, and then he shares his obsession with the NBA star, Kevin Garrett. Yep. And it's that's his downfall. Ford versus Ferrari is a bit more about that kind of corporate versus creative relationship where you have a corporate uh, behemoth, which is essentially painted as the underdog in the film, which I found quite fascinating. Yeah. And Ferrari is painted as the, the arrogant Italians. Arrogant Enzo, what does he know? And that's and I thought, hang on, there is another version of this film where Enzo Ferrari is the lead and uh, Ford are the jerks, right? Yeah. But I think Ford versus Ferrari is pretty a bit more obvious, which is working within the corporate corporate structure. They've got this goal to deliver this car um, and within ninety days. They're racing against the clock, and no pun intended. Frustrated at every turn with sort of meddlesome executives. And well, there's um, one who's quite meddlesome. Yeah, he's a, he is he's a, bit a bit over of a the dick. top. He is a bit of a dick. Yeah. Josh Lucas always plays the douchebag. Remember in Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, he played douchebag in that as well. Um, um, he does it well. Um, although, hey, look, Red Dog, he was pretty great in that. He played a nice guy. It's it's just like this whole analogy for filmmaking and the creatives, regardless of their the uh, efforts to frustrate them and the notes that they're getting from above, they press on to create their. Uh, their piece of art, in this case, a car. And I, I liked it actually a, a good deal. And I think the best thing in it for me was Christian Bale. I thought his performance He's very was good fascinating. As that, I loved his relationship with his son. Yeah, that was terrific. He loved his son. Yeah. Really yeah. loved his son. And, and, and that came through. Um, yeah, even had, a, even had a bit of a blub at the end. I, I was going to say I was the quite end. moved by it. I yeah. was moved by it. And I can't understand why a lot of people were really sniffy about it, didn't think it was all that, didn't think it was justified to be Best Picture or nominated. And oh, was, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good film. It was really solid. It's great sound design too. You feel like mm. you're in the cars. Uh, I, loved, I loved all the recreations of the races and all those great. vintage cars. And I was sitting here thinking, how the hell did they do this? These cars, where did they get all these cars? from and then there's an impossible shot which is i hate i hate the god's eye view shots because it signals that it's computer graphics CG, yeah. and it zooms down and, and it behind the race car and up next to it it's like no you had mm. me like the illusion was working i did not know I mean, it's not a perfect these... film by any stretch but it's an enjoyable yeah film. it's look james mangold um, can really matt damon's good matt damon carol great. shelby yeah when he takes Bossman for a drive in the car. Oh, that Tracy Letts, who plays uh, Henry Ford yeah. Jr. or Henry Ford II, he is a great playwright in his own right. Right, cool. And he wrote and won the Pulitzer Prize for uh, August Osage County. Okay. And uh, which was made into a film with Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts and blah, 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 blah. But Tracy Letts is a really great playwright and a great actor. And that is a great example of his astute observations as an actor it's like that scene could have just been 
like a stupid yes. grab for laughs in any other film where the 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 company CEO gets in the crazily grunty race car and is taken for a spin by Matt Damon who just absolutely smashes it around on the on the racetrack. I want to go for a ride like that. Oh, that I'd looked like fun. To. And it screeches to a halt and then Tracy Villette's burst into tears and it gets laughs. Yeah. You do think, oh, 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 he's bursting into tears. You made him cry. But they hold the shot yep. and they hold it and they hold it. And then as he sort of he quiets and then he starts sobbing and says uh, I had no idea I had no idea if I, I wish my father was yes, alive yes. to see this and it was suddenly flipped the whole scene yep. that was I think what made me love the, the film little, little things like that little were, were like quite that. clever yeah Bale did the Christian Bale did the um, the accent quite well he did the accent really well I think more than anything he just kind of he nailed the balance between being a prick yep. and actually being quite an, a, a fascinating and, and engaging, fun character. Yep. And it's, he could have stumbled so badly and played it to the point where you would dislike him. Um, and he didn't. I no. just think it's one of the best performances he's given. And it, But unfortunately, it was in a film that a lot of critics um, felt was kind of pedestrian. I don't think it was that yeah. at all. I because I, I, I'm not a car fanatic or yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a film fanatic. Yeah. So I'll go for a ride in that, and that made me think, hmm, this this racing malarkey. There's uh, a bit to it. I think. Uh, look, it comes down to James Mangold at, at, at the end. I really do think he is a quality filmmaker. What has um, he done? 310 to Yuma did that yeah. remake uh, with obviously Rusty Crow and uh, Christian Bale. Walk the Line, Johnny Cash biopic. Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. made uh, the, the Wolverine with Hugh Jackman, the one set in Japan. And then he made Logan, which is probably one of the best comic book films that I've seen in the last 15, 20 years. And, uh, and then, of course, Ford versus Ferrari. He's got a, a couple more on the boil. And Brad got his oh, uh, supporting look, actor. Brad Pitt, what a legend. Yeah, he did, he, is that the only one that? Uh, uh, oh, look, you know, he, he won a he won it for producer for best picture, um, for twelve. No, years I'm thinking slave. more was uh, once once upon a time in Hollywood. That was it, that kind of got diddly squat, except other than, for Brad. Yeah, right. Mm, which is a shame because yeah. uh, I I, I kind of still put that as my film of last year. Oh, it was a terrific movie. I, I mean, I loved it. I would say. It's for me, yeah. It's uncut gems. Once upon a time, that that got the for me a reaction when I saw it. It was like, wow, you know, yep. that is a film that has to be seen on the big screen. Yep. You're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you watch it on a Blu-ray or, or on streaming. It's, it needs to be watched on a massive screen with a the sound. Well, you, you want to pay attention to those fine details that yeah. they did in it, like the production design is. I think the sound design in that film is so important, and the, the Quentin Tarantino loves his radio stations. It's yep. pretty much been most of his films that have had that sort of conceit that plays throughout with a DJ. But his sense of time and place and the way he constructs the soundtrack, it's a terrific soundtrack, by the way. It's worth listening to on Spotify because it feels like you're listening to an FM station in mm. 1968, and it helped create 
this vibe that fills the gaps when you see these lengthy driving scenes that seem to go nowhere. But he just. It, but that's the thing. Amazing. They seem to go nowhere, no, but, yeah. they, they, but you're soaking oh, it in yeah. and you're sort of bathing in it in that period vibe. Yep. But when you watch it on TV, it loses all of that. Like you just, unless you've got it cranked in, in headphones, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the same. Or, uh, I've feeling. got a big fuck off sound system. There's no need to gloat. Uh, I have I have children, so I have headphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, I should mention I have neighbours. Well, you could, <laughs> that's why you, yeah you put a subwoofer and you like bury it in your basement. Oh, I don't care about them. I'll play at whatever volume oh, I want when I want. Well, you have to play the loudest film possible late at night. Apocalypse Now is a good one. That would be mm. yeah. All I know is that the opening comes uh, a helicopter flies past and uh, that is. A I had that film. on Laserdisc back in the day. Mm. When I first got my, in fact, those speakers I bought in 96, I've still got them now. Well, funny you should mention uh, FFC, known as Francis Ford Coppola, Mm. because the conversation is being re-released. A new 35mm print and a new 5.1 remix, Mm. Rialto Pictures. This is US, unfortunately, but it's bound to make its way to Australia as well. And it's a platform release that it's going to offer theaters an alternate uh, DCP restoration remixed in 5.1 by Walter Murch. But that's good the because Murch. the conversation is all about sound. It's all about sound. So, yeah. In fact, I'd say pretty much like Coppola's films have impeccable sound design. Like those those first four 70s films. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Because I found, I thought when I watched the Will Smith Gene Hackman, yeah. it seemed like a... I think that that was kind of the connective tissue that Tony Scott was exploiting in yeah. that film. He wanted you to feel that that was Harry Cole. And that essentially I, I is Harry did. 30 years <laughs> later. Been living in his shed. And it's, yeah, <laughs> living in his shed. He's still there. Uh, he's wearing his tinfoil hat. He's yep. still ripping, it, ripping his floorboards up. And... Um, I'd be interested to see that because yeah. the conversation is good. If you've not if you've not seen it, uh, it's about a paranoid secretive surveillance expert who has a crisis of conscience when he suspects that a couple on whom he's been spying will be murdered. And upon rehearing the tape, Cole believes that he may be putting the couple in danger if he turns the material over to the client, played by Robert Duvall in an unbilled cameo, uh, and what uh, one hears can ultimately turn out to be quite a, quite different from what was actually recorded. So, 74, 75, something like that. I think it's um, 74. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird. That's, yeah, that's the year after I was born. Yeah, great, great year, cast. year before I was born. Oh. Yeah. We're, not, we're, not, we're not old at all. No. And, uh, I got told I was middle-aged. Anyway, oh, yeah, I've had that. I've, I've, I've had that personal affront as well. So, uh, also it stars quite a, quite a few great actors. Of course, uh, John Cazale is one of the. Um, well, he's he's famous because uh, he obviously died at the end of the seventies, mm. but during the seventies, starred in Godfather, Godfather Two. He starred in the Conversation. He starred in. Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. That's a hell of a... And he starred in The Deer Hunter. And every one of those was Best Picture nominated. Uh, we should probably wrap this up soon. Yep, yep. But I wanted to talk about Taika Waititi's uh, new horror comedy. Please tell me more. For Showtime. Oh. And Showtime's confirmed that it's a half-hour series called okay. the, the Auteur. And it will be starring Jude Law. 
and it's going to be directed by Taika Waititi, who will also write and uh, signaling its intention to pick up the project to series. Showtime's ordered multiple scripts, so they've obviously got a bit of uh, confidence in the um, product, but it's based on a graphic novel. And uh, it's described as a gonzo horror comedy, a twisted romance, and a glamorous high-wire act of biting satire. So, I, I yeah. think it's safe, as we said in our Jojo Rabbit podcast, I'll, I'll watch anything he makes yeah. because he, he, does, he does things well. It's going to be interesting. Yes. And the other little tidbit, yep. Dexter Fletcher, if you've seen Lockstock or, or any, yep, 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 yep. he's in Lockstock, um, and oh. he's about to do The Saint. Okay. So he's making a... Do we need another saint? Well, the 97 Phil Noyce film. I'm sure people remember that with uh, Val Kilmer. Or Try uh, Hard to Forget it. Trying Hard to Forget. And uh, it didn't start a franchise, but this one I think they're hoping will... But isn't there a saint just with... Recently? I don't believe so. No, with old mate. And what's it? Oh, you're thinking of Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man (laughs) Man from Uncle is... That's a top. That's a top film. Did you have my clip of my favourite Oscars moment? That could be the thing that uh, caps us off. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, what, what, you, we have to talk about something while I cue this up. Um, well, the, I was just going to quickly talk about the classics corner. The Picture Show Man. Go and seek it out because it's a great little ah. Australian film. John Millian and um, Rod Taylor travelling show where the the cinema used to come to you. Horse drawn carriage. Made in the seventies, won quite a few AFI awards back in the day. It's out there. I think um, Umbrella have got it on their WW internet downloady thingy. W- a couple w- bucks. W- it's worth a look. It's a cute little film. Very slight, but and Gary McDonald. Ah, so worth a look. That's my classic that. corner recommendation. We should set the scene. Yeah. Um, this is uh, Ray Romano walking out on stage at the Oscars, um, and he's about to present the makeup. Best makeup. Best makeup Oscar. And uh, it's quite a it's, it's it's good quite, little story. It is quite an amusing story. But here he comes, Ray Romano. Good evening. We're here to present the award for makeup and hairstyling. It's impossible to overstate the role that hair and makeup play in the craft of filmmaking. Case in point, I'm 87 years old. (laughs) And I'm Charlize Theron. (laughs) As actors, our transformation starts in the makeup and hair trailer. It, listen, I, all joking aside, I do want to say I saw firsthand how talented hair and makeup people are. And the Irishmen, they would transform us every day. I would just sit there and be amazed. And then Pesci would come in and say, get the fuck out of my chair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're going to believe that. Not everything is And Netflix, they didn't. Right? No. Sorry, yeah. I got carried away. Everyone woke up there. Here are... <laughs> but that's the part I liked is the fact that um, they bleeped Eminem performing. That's right. Yeah, they did. And they, they missed did. that one. They missed that oh, one. I loved they it. stumbled over the... Uh, the How many the people watch the Oscars around the world? Um, I know that Some numbers, stupid the numbers number. were down. It's only a couple of hundred million that saw it this year. Yeah, well, that, that many to... people heard <laughs> Ray Romano. <laughs> Quoting Joe Pesci to get the fuck out of my chair. That is so funny, though. I'll see you next time. And we'll see you at the movies. Yes.